Connecting Lasting Love podcast presented by CoachingWithFroy.com. You've found the place where single adults come for mindful wisdom and insight into how to attract and create healthy, lasting, conscious relationships. And now, here's your host, the owner of CoachingWithFroy.com, number one best-selling author, certified relationship coach, and TV analyst, Roy Biancalana. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. My name is Roy Biancalana, and I got to tell you, I am feeling good today. I don't know where you are in the world. I don't know when you're exactly listening to this podcast, but as I am recording it, I am in Chicago. It is June. The sun is out. The weather is getting better. It's golf season. The COVID protocols are being relaxed and we're basically back to normal and I'm feeling good. It's time to feel good where I am in this moment. And so this got me thinking, got me thinking about feeling good. Isn't that really what we all want? You know, to feel good, to feel alive, to feel inspired, passionate, enthusiastic, joyful, love. Right? I think when it comes right down to it, what we really want as human beings is ultimately to feel alive, to feel good, to feel happy. And I think that a lot of the things that we pursue in life, including intimacy, but a lot of the things that we, we pursue that we want, whether it be a partner or money, a position, you know, material things, um, you know, fame, health, friends, you know, connections, children. I, I, it's like no matter no matter what it is that we want, I think if we look closely, it's not necessarily the thing that we want, but it's the feeling that we think it will deliver. So it's like, I want a partner. No, you really don't. What you really want is the feeling that you believe you will have if you have a wonderful partner. Does that make sense? So I think the end game is we want to feel good. We want to feel alive and joyful and inspired and full of love, right? And of course, our minds tell us that we need circumstances to be a certain way. We need conditions to be a certain way. And if we can get the stars aligned in a certain way, well, then we're going to feel good. So as I think about this issue of feeling good, maybe because I feel so good right now, I'm recognizing that a lot of the, the good feeling state that I'm in right now is very circumstantial, right? I mean, how do I feel in January in Chicago <laughs> when the sun doesn't shine and it never gets above 20 degrees and the wind is blowing nasty and there is no golf season and this past January, we're in the middle of all the COVID lockdowns and you can't see anybody, you can't touch anybody, you can't do anything, right? And so that, oh, life doesn't feel so good, right? Because I think 
this whole feeling good thing, we usually look at it circumstantially. If conditions are the way we like them, we feel good. If conditions are not the way we like them, we don't feel good. So I sort of wonder, is there a way to feel good unconditionally? Like, like, is there a way to have a general set point of your life? Like just a general, your, your general, most normal, basic feeling state. Is it possible that regardless of basic circumstances, that you could feel alive and passionate and enthusiastic and joyful and full of love? Is that possible? Or, as I've titled this podcast, how to feel good almost all of the time, right? Because, I mean, sometimes your dog gets hit by a car. Sometimes, you know, you get pulled over, you get a ticket. Sometimes the doctor gives you a bad diagnosis. Sometimes you lose your job. Sometimes your partner says, I don't love you anymore. Or sometimes someone says, I don't think we're a good fit. We don't have good chemistry, right? So in those times, all right, so you don't feel so good. Uh, those things, some of those things can feel gut-wrenching, right? So I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you can feel alive and full of love and joy and happiness all of the time, no matter what the circumstances are. Now, the spiritual gurus, they actually say that's possible, right? I, I've heard them say it, that you can live above or beyond the circumstances of life, that life is changing and nothing is permanent, things come and go, but you can transcend that aspect of life and live kind of on a higher plane, even though you're in the midst of everyday life, right? So, they all talk about living from a place of such deep trust and acceptance and surrender that no matter what's happening, you can say, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Okay? So that really is a possibility, but I don't know if it's something we should even talk about as mere mortals. <laughs> Maybe... You and I should start with, can I feel really good almost all of the time? So we can set aside those times when the doctor or our boss or our partner, some, some sort of bad news happens and say, okay. So it's almost like I want to grant us permission to feel like shit when some of those extraordinary type of things happen. So I'm sort of wondering, is there a way for us to feel good almost all of the time? And I think that I think that there is. But I think one of the things that stands in the way is our expectations about the way life should be experienced. So like I don't think that we I don't think we expect to have our normal set point you know, just Monday morning, you know, a random Thursday, just just our random normal lives. I don't think that we expect 
our moment-to-moment experience to be one where we feel pretty damn blissed out, where we feel pretty open and happy and alive and there's a smile on our face and a little wiggle in our hips and a little skip on our step. I don't think we expect the normal moments of life to be filled with excitement and enthusiasm and passion and joy. And because we don't expect it, then we don't, we don't maybe have as much of a reaction to when we feel blah. Like, I'm not going to try to be too dark here, but I think a lot of us feel somewhat dull a lot of the times. Um, not really filled with, li- with love. We don't feel inspired normally. We don't necessarily feel enthusiasm and passion and joy all the time. Most of the time, we kind of feel maybe a little blah. You know, I don't want to say we're you know clinically depressed and suicidal. No, I, I just mean kind of down, kind of blah, kind of ho-hum, kind of like, yeah, going through the motions, you know, kind of like uh, same shit, different day. Um, so, so I think I think our normal set point is maybe not deep, dark depression, but it's certainly not joy. It's somewhere kind of in the blah middle. You know, it's, uh, how you doing? I'm all right. How you doing? I'm okay too. How you doing? You know, and so it, it's, we almost have an expectation. Well, that's life. I mean, you know, a little dull, a little blah, maybe it's a little boring, maybe it's, you know, a routine, it's the same day, it's, uh, you know, we're going to the same job, we, you know, we have the same kind of life, and and so I think there's almost an expectation, well, that's life, that's kind of how it's supposed to be, and if every once in a while we can feel really open and real happy and real joyful, okay, great, it's like maybe a little icing on the cake, but life isn't that way. I mean, you're just not happy all the time or almost all the time. No, you don't go through life feeling open and joyful and enthusiastic and passionate. You don't wake up every morning, open your eyes and say, wow, I'm back. You know, what's going to happen today? I can't wait to find out. And you jump out of bed and you engage in your day, Right. Most of us kind of wake up on our eyes and like, ah, all right, give me some coffee. Just, you know, leave me alone for a while till I wake up. And, and so this issue of what we expect, I think, is where we start. If you lived in, a, in an environment where everybody around you was almost always feeling alive and open and happy and excited and, and passionate, and you were in that kind of dull kind of you know, routine, kind of, I'm okay, you know, and, and then you would maybe look at yourself and say, what's wrong with me? How come I don't feel that way? Because everybody else feels that way. You might look at your own, you know, mid-level kind of, I'm all right kind of state of mind as a problem. But since when you look around, you don't see that. In fact, you you might see a lot more people having a lot more trouble and a lot more emotional sadness and downness and anger and frustration and 
depression and anxiety. You look around and, and when I feel okay, when I feel, you know, I am a little blah, a little, I'm a little dull. You look at that and you're like, maybe I'm doing pretty good. But I'm here to tell you that you can feel good almost all the time. And if you don't, it should bother you. If you don't normally feel alive, full of joy, full of love, excitement, encouragement, passion, something's wrong. That is what you should expect. It is your birthright. So here's kind of a fun way to help you feel in your body right now the way life should feel almost all the time. So what are you walking on? <laughs> are you walking on sunshine? Or are you like, I don't know, everybody walking on some gray, cloudy, overcast skies, maybe even some skies that are dark and scary. But I'm serious. That is really is how life can be almost all of the time. I feel alive. I feel a love. I feel a love that's really real. And that's got nothing to do with a partner. That's got nothing to do with circumstance. It's got everything to do with your internal state of your internal energy. It's what the Chinese call your chi. It's what the Hindus call your shakti. It's what the Christians call your spirit. It's what I call your life force, your aliveness. When that energy is flowing, you're walking on sunshine. Okay? That's what I want to talk to you about now for the rest of this podcast is how can I open that flow of love, that flow of life? How can I feel alive? I feel a love. I feel a love that's really real. Right? How do I, how do I open up the channels inside of me so that my life force flows freely? And I'm not talking about a personality style here. This is important. I completely understand that some personality types are much more lively and exuberant and playful. Okay? Mine is a bit that way. My wife is not. She's quiet. She's thoughtful. She's more serious. So I'm not talking about 
developing some different kind of personality. No, your personality is your personality. I'm talking about no matter what your personality is, whether you're introvert or extrovert or whatever, serious or playful in your general demeanor, I'm talking about inside of you. There can be the flow of life. There can be this internal sense of joy and excitement and aliveness and passion that might come out of your body in one way that's very different than how that joy and that love and that passion comes out of another person's body and personality. Okay, So I'm not talking about personality and I'm not really even talking about a kind of a presentation in life. I'm not saying that when you feel this kind of joy and aliveness that you walk around everywhere dancing, right? Because you hear that song and it's really hard to not start to dance or at least not to bebop around a little bit, right? Because you feel you feel that energy. So I don't want to mislead you. I'm not saying that when you feel alive and you feel a love and you feel a love that's really real, that you go dancing around life everywhere. I mean, you might do that more than you do now. But I'm really talking about it's an internal sense of joy that isn't necessarily, you know, being expressed in some celebratory, almost weird kind of way. I mean, look at that person walking down the street just dancing around. I mean, that would be kind of cool to see. (laughs) And I think if we were really free on the inside, like we're going to talk about right now, that you'd see that more often. But I just want to make that caveat to you. That I'm not, and we're not talking about you changing your personality and we're not talking about you putting on some external persona of happiness. We're talking about an internal sense and it might be a very quiet sense, a very grounded sense of openness and aliveness and joy and love and passion that I'm guessing is very different than your normal set point, right? We're talking about walking on sunshine here not walking on some, you know, partly cloudy skies, okay? All right. Now, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about this internal energy. And I want to say to you that it is always there. You have this chi, this shakti, this spirit, the life force, this aliveness inside of you. It is there. It is yours. It's your birthright. So you don't have to go out and try to find it. You don't have to try to get more of it. You don't have to try to study it. You don't have to try to bring it about. Michael Bernard Beckwith made a statement that I quote it in my book, maybe in maybe in more than one place. But he says something to the effect of, you know, everything about your spiritual growth and development and enfoldment is not about getting something or acquiring something. It's about letting go of something. So here's the, here's the paradigm to look at this. It's not about I need to find a way to get that kind of joy and get that love and get that aliveness. It's recognizing, no, 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 it's already there. You're just blocking it. So here's a great illustration, perfect for this. 
the sun is always shining. It's always shining. It's just sometimes there's clouds that block it. And sometimes the clouds are so thick, hardly any light can come through. And that's what we're talking about. You have all the chi and the shakti and the spirit and the life force that there is in the universe within you. You have no more and no less than any other being in life. You are full. You are complete. You are filled with the spirit, as the Christians say. Okay, You are full of joy. You are full of life. The issue is you block it. You cut yourself off from it. You block the sun from shining. So instead of thinking, okay, I got to figure out how to get to feel this way and what do I got to do to kind of find this joy and find love and all of that? No, no, no. The question is what Michael Bernard Beckwith said. You just got to find out how you're blocking it. And so I want to present to you six things that we do that block the flow of the life force that keep us from walking on sunshine, okay? If you remove these blocks, it's going to flow. It's like a, like, a, like a river, right? If you put enough debris in the river, enough rocks and tree stumps and garbage and crap in a river, it, you're going you're gonna to dam up the river. There's going to be no more flow, okay? So you would never tell the river, you got to find more water, <laughs> You got to go out there and find water and find uh, this and find all that. No, all you say is river, river, get rid of all the junk, remove the rocks and the trees and the garbage, remove all the, the, the barriers, the blockages, and the water's going to flow because that's what water does. It, it moves, it flows. And your energy is the same way. It flows. You're going to feel joyful and love and enthusiasm and passion automatically if you just get these six things out of the way. Now, as I go through them, I don't want you to get overwhelmed. There's a chance that you could use to work on all six of these. What I would really like you to do is maybe think about which one of these is my biggest issue. Which one of these is really blocking me and keeping me walking on cloudy skies, (laughs) okay? And so, because then it, it gets more manageable. You can, you, you, it's not as overwhelming. It's not as stressful. Um, you kind of feel, like, okay, this is an issue that I've got to focus on. And then I also want you to be thinking about, do I need some help to deal with this? Because all six of these are huge issues. In fact, I will probably do a podcast on each one of these six things. Each one could go an entire podcast to dis- to discuss it because it's that profound of an issue. But So I'm going to skim the surface and I'm going to touch on these, but I want you to be thinking, which one is my, is my major blockage and do I need some help to work on it? Now that help comes in the form of my book, Relationship Bootcamp, because I talk about all of these things in the book. In fact, most of these things are the major sections in my book. And then secondly, this is what I do. I really don't help people find a partner. I help people find out how they are keeping a partner away from them, how they are blocking themselves from the flow of life. 
because here's the thing. When you're walking on sunshine, okay, when you are free of these six blocks, you won't be single for very long. Because when you're walking on sunshine, you're like the most attractive person in the world. Who doesn't love to be around a person who is open and joyful and happy and full of life and full of love and full of passion and inspiration, right? Those are the most attractive people in the universe. And so you don't have to go try to find your partner. You just got to let the, the chi and the shakti and the spirit flow. And if, and if it's flowing, I'm telling you, you're going to be beating people away with a stick because they're going to be coming to you saying, I want some of what you got. Like, Give me some of that energy. I mean, that energy is going to be unbelievably magnetically attractive. So that's why I always harp in these podcasts and in my books and my video courses and everything. It's not about where do I go to meet someone. It's about how open is my heart? How much is the sun shining through my body? How much am I walking on sunshine? Because when you are, man, you're going to get scooped up by somebody really quick. Okay? All right, enough background. Let's jump in here. The first way that we block our chi, our shakti, our spirit, is something that's been called unowned responsibility for our results. Now, I should say right here, I'm going to follow this unowned, this un-thing throughout that came originally, I believe, from Dr. Gay Hendricks. And then I heard it developed a bit more by my friend Jim Dethmer and Diana Chapman of the Conscious Leadership Group. So this little way of describing it, these, these, these words I'm going to use, they're not me originally. I just want to give credit for that. But they're beautiful descriptions of the major ways we block our energy. So the first one is unowned responsibility. In other words, When we look at the results we have in our life, our circumstances, the condition of our love life, our finances, our physical fitness, um, the state of our relationships, our careers, when we look at the way things are now and we blame and we finger point that my life sucks because of you, because of what you did to me because of what my boss did, because of what my parents did, because of what God did, because of my genes, because of my past, because of some of my friends, because of my exes, because of, you know, when we don't take responsibility for our results, for the way our life is, but we play the victim, make everybody else the villain, and then blame them for the way our life is, that will suck the life out of you. You will not feel alive and joyful and happy and inspired when you see yourself as a victim and being at the effect of all these other forces in your life who have screwed you over. Okay? Now, that word victim is a big, powerful word. Nobody wants to take ownership that that they might be playing the victim This is the first one on the list because it's the most common. Most people look at their life circumstances and their results of what their life is like right now and they point the finger of blame or maybe even blame themselves. Oh, I'm an idiot. I should know better. What's wrong with me? 
this or that, you know, I just want you to recognize that it's very, very common to, 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 to not take ownership, to blame, to finger point. So the first big boulder that goes in the river and blocks the water or the first big dark cloud that blocks the sun is unowned responsibility. That's a huge one. Is that what is keeping you from feeling alive? I'll bet you it might be. The second one is unfelt feelings. Okay? One of the best ways to block the flow of your inner energy is repress your feelings. Just deny them, medicate them, distract yourself from them, analyze them, spiritualize them, vent them to a friend, you know, uh, make excuses, rationalize. When we... When we don't feel our feelings, when we avoid them in some way, that blocks the flow of, that blocks the juice, that blocks the energy. Because we're denying our reality, we're denying our bodies, we're denying our experience. So we're repressing these feelings and that really is repressing the life force in us. But when we feel our feelings, when we know how to honor them and welcome them and express them in healthy ways to, that will allow us to create harmony and connection with, with the people and the world around us, it, it's like it, like it opens the flow of our life force. And we're much more able to feel joy and inspiration and passion because we're not all locked up and locked down and in denial and suppression, burying our feelings. Does that make sense? Okay. So is that one your issue? That's number two on the list for a reason. Number three is something I call unquestioned thoughts or unquestioned stories or beliefs, right? So, one of the one of the ways that we can feel dull and down or depressed or kind of dark is that we have a mind that is telling us all kinds of untrue things and we believe that voice in the head and that voice in the head um, can create it makes it it's the the way we interpret life it's a we make life mean a certain thing and and that gets us all blocked up and feel a lot of negativity, right? Negativity is a thought, right? So um, thoughts like, you know, they're not really into you. They just want to get in your pants. You'll never meet someone special because all the good ones are taken or gay. You know, with all your baggage, no one is ever going to want you, right? So when our mind is saying shit like that, it's really difficult to feel like you're walking on sunshine. The other thing the mind does, the mind takes everything personally, right? It looks at what people say and what happens and it makes it mean something about us. So like whatever happens or has happened, you know, our mind says it means, you know, 
well, your childhood was X, Y, or Z, and so now you're not lovable. Um, it means, you, oh, that means you're not good enough. If you've been ghosted, that means you're undesirable. If you got laid off or fired, that means you're incompetent. You see what I mean? So all kinds of things happen, and our mind interprets it. And it takes it all personally. Like, you get broken up with, and that means something about you. No, it doesn't. Um, I, I, tell my, I tell my clients all the time, they meet someone and they find them interesting and the other person just doesn't feel any chemistry, doesn't feel any connection. They don't call them back or they don't reach out to them and they're like, I don't know, I kind of, I had a nice time on this date, but, you know, and I say, you know, you have no idea why per- people don't feel chemistry with you. It's not personal. It could be that you wore a shirt that remind them of their uncle and they hate their uncle, but they don't even connect the dots. They just, they just don't feel something for you or, or you said a word or a phrase that just unconsciously triggered something in them because their second grade school teacher said something like that. And, and they just felt an aversion to you, but, but it's not about you. Right, chemistry and connection is a very mysterious thing. Why do we really feel drawn to some people and not to others? And why do we feel turned off by some people? Like I've known a lot of women in, in my life, some very beautiful, and I just didn't feel any connection. Does that mean there's something wrong with them? No, it just means there's no connection there. It's not personal, right? But if we don't question our thoughts, if if we just notice that voice in the head and we just let it talk and whatever it says, we get so identified with the with the, the thought that we think it's just automatically true because we're thinking it, then you're gonna block the flow of, of the life force in you. You're you're not gonna feel very alive because I don't know what percentage of your thoughts are complete garbage, but it's way over ninety-five percent. Most of what we think is either a waste of time or completely untrue. All you got to do is like meditate for five minutes to find out how bizarre that voice in your head is. It's like you have some sort of evil inner roommate that's just blabbing at you and telling you all kinds of stories. Oh, this means that. That means this. You're bad. You're never going to have this. Something's wrong with you. Something's wrong with them. God hates you. You know, it, it, in my book, I sometimes call it like you have your you have an inner relationship coach in your head. You know, it's kind of your inner relationship coach is your inner psychologist explaining why people do things. It's your inner psychic predicting. Well, well, that guy said this, so now he's going to do this in the future, right? Uh, so that voice in your head is so wrong. It so misinterprets everything. It takes everything personal when nothing is personal. That if you don't question that voice in your head, you're going to be a neurotic mess. Okay? And it's so, and being in a neurotic mess is the definition of being blocked of the life force. So you certainly aren't going to be a joyful, happy, alive, inspired person when you're listening to that crazy nut job that lives between your ears. Okay? So is that one your issue? 
Do you find that your mind and your thoughts, the negativity and then the neediness, the narcissism, do you find that, that that's, that's really what blocks you from feeling happy? Okay. If so, well, that's your issue to focus on. All right. Number four is an unfinished past. So just a review, unowned responsibility, unfelt feelings, unquestioned thoughts, and now unfinished past. As long as the the past is alive in you, you will never feel alive. Let me say that again. As long as the past is alive in you, you will never feel alive. Most of us have been hurt, sometimes severely, whether abuse or through addiction or abandonment or just the scars and bruises you get in life, being deceived, broken up with, ghosted, gaslighted, dumped, divorced, you know, cheated on, betrayed. These things happen. And if that stuff stays in you, if the anger, the bitterness, the even the hatred, the it creates a suspicion. It creates kind of a darkness in us. It creates a guardedness. It creates kind of walls around us. You know, when the past is alive, you're, if you have a feminine essence, your radiance is not bright. If the past is alive in us and you have a masculine essence, your presence is not powerful. The past diminishes. It, it saps the life out of you, sucks the life out of you. So doing the work and finishing your past, you don't erase it from memory because you can't, you don't forget what happened, but it's not happening anymore. It's just something that happened, right? So that is a huge one that blocks the flow of our chi, of our shakti, of our spirit, the, the past, the junk, the baggage, you know, what, what Eckhart Tolle calls the pain body, like the accumulated emotional baggage from the past that is stored in our bodies. It's like little pebbles that are stored in us and it blocks the flow of the life force. So you got to get the past out of you. And that's a major thing I do as a coach is help people let go of the past so they can open their heart to something new. And that's what we're talking about here. So is this one your issue? It might be. Number five is something I call unsaid truth. And one of the best ways to kind of block your life force and block your sense yourself from feeling joy and happiness and aliveness is to conceal your true feelings, to hide from the world, to kind of play games, to, to withhold, to tell half truth, to not speak your mind, to not reveal yourself to another person. You know, so it's like when we, when we are out of fear of rejection or fear of punishment or fear of being misunderstood, we kind of play our cards close to our vest and we're protecting ourselves and we're, we're holding in what we feel. Oh, I can't tell them that. I can't say that I, my feelings weren't hurt when they did that. I can't let them know that I want this. I can't let someone know that I'm crazy about them. You know, when we hold our truth in, it's, 
yeah, it's like you're you're taking a hose and you're twisting it so the water can't flow. In fact, all of these can be seen as that. It's ways of kinking the hose when you suppress and withhold your truth. So many of us need a lot of training on what does it mean to be a good communicator. And there's a lot of people that communicate and they just they just throw up on people. They just, you know, dump on people. That's not what we're talking about here. There's a way of communicating where you're revealing what's happening in your world. And that revealing has no blame attached to it. It has no judgment of anyone else. It's just, this is what's happening over here in Royville. I just want you to know me. But when we don't reveal ourselves, we really block the life force. We cut ourselves off from joy and inspiration and love and walking on sunshine. Okay? Lastly, this is a big one. This is one a lot of people do not give enough attention to. And it's what I call unkept agreements. Breaking an agreement. I don't care how small it is. It's like, you know, that hose I was just talking about. It's like getting a pin and sticking a hole in the hose. A little bit of water starts leaking out because you have an incompletion. You said you'd do something and you didn't do it. You made a commitment or a promise and you broke it. And most of us, if we're honest, we have a bunch of these that have accumulated over time in our lives. Things that we said we would do and we didn't. Things that we said that we would not do and we did. So this whole issue of making agreements and keeping agreements is a total life force energy sucker. When you, when you give your word on something and you don't do it, it affects the flow of your energy. It, something doesn't feel right inside, even though you might not be able to initially recognize it. Over time, with enough of these, you will feel a low level of depression or dullness or downness. Like one of the things when I talk to someone and, and they're telling me, man, Roy, I just don't feel good. I just kind of feel down. I mean, I'm not in a dark place, but I just don't feel, I feel kind of emotionally lethargic. I feel a little low. I feel a little dull. One of the first things I say is, who have you made an agreement with that you have broken that agreement? What have you promised to do or promised not to do that you haven't fulfilled? Very often when people start to identify, oh, I, I promised my sister that I would do that and I never did. Or I promised I would return something I borrowed and I never did. They start to notice a number of these incompletions. And I'm like, all right, you want to feel better? Yeah. Fix it. Go back, make amends, return that thing. Uh, fulfill the obligation. You know, keep your promise if you can. If not, go back to the person and and just take ownership that you said something and you didn't do it. And you watch your energy shift. And that really is how it is with all of these things, whether they're unowned responsibility and you've been blaming, whether they're unfelt feelings and you've been avoiding, whether they're unquestioned stories and you've been believing them, 
whether it's unfinished past and you've kept it alive, whether it's unsaid truth and you've been concealing or unkept agreements that you've been breaking, you go back to these things and as best you can, as best you can remember, you address them. And the more of these things that that you address, the more you're going to feel alive on the inside. I'm telling you, it's a mystical thing. You're going to feel the sun breaking through the clouds a little bit. You're going to feel a little skip in your step. You're going to feel that you're walking on sunshine a bit more. And so instead of my normal music that ends the podcast, I think we need to go back to that song and listen to it one more time. And, of course, I'll see you next week on the Attracting Lasting Love podcast. You've been listening to Attracting Lasting Love with Roy Biancalana. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with anyone you think might benefit from listening. Check out our website at coachingwithroy.com and tune in every week for more insights and wisdom on creating healthy, lasting, conscious relationships.